Hi, I'm Mo Maduro, and this is the Active Life Over 50 podcast, providing insights and support for your life expansion and self-actualization journey. Today's episode is Pivot Power, the equalizer. If you can pivot well, decision-making is so much easier. Hey there. So this week, we're talking about pivot power. Our last episode, it was about making the case for an active life after 50, doing things on purpose so that you can have a healthy, fulfilling life past 50, so you can take advantage of the many opportunities that are before us. I didn't even get into Generation X and the boomer generation, some of the advantages that we have coming from a world where it was all interaction, interpersonal communications were all physical interactions and landline on the phone. Uh, fax machines didn't start showing up until the early 80s. So there's always this lag and we just got along. We made it work without the information, uh, having to do research the old fashioned way. And then we've, sub- we've made it through the computer age and then the internet was a major change. And now artificial intelligence is, is just taken off. If you haven't embraced technology, and when I say embraced, I mean relying on it, using it in your day-to-day, really pursuing and leaning into it. One of the things that is very, very powerful is user experience, which was kind of new in the early 2000s. It is the standard now, agile development, agile project development. So when technology companies are building their platforms, the user interface is done in a very iterative way. They call it agile in the old days, but it was user experience and we did iterative design. The short version is that instead of building the technology and having you learn how to use it, they built the technology based on how you're already predisposed and what to do. So that's why once you know how to use a shopping cart online, any shopping cart works. You may take a half a second to find the button But generally speaking, the way you buy stuff online, the way you sell stuff online, the way you communicate, the way you access your podcast, regardless of which platform it's on, uh, how you do video. And now what's happening with artificial intelligence, everything is getting easier. Editing, you can now use a text-based editor. So let's say you have no interest in editing with a a typical uh, editing platform where you have the the sequence and, and then you have the tracks. You can literally use text-based editing. You could say, I'm going to take out that whole sentence, or I'm going to take out this part where I repeated it. I'm taking out that paragraph. I want to take out some of the uhs and the ums. And you just remove them in the text, literally reading through the text, and it will automatically edit your, your video. So my point is this. Lean into the technology because your interpersonal communication skills that we had to develop over those decades without technology, without the internet, without Zoom and those things, it's going to help you. Because one of the things we're going to have to do is connect with people more, right? Artificial intelligence is now writing the ad copy. It's been doing that for a while, but it's writing the ad copy. It's, and it's going to accelerate the amount of ads that we're hit with on a regular basis, which gets into a whole other story. I'm going to talk about that because advertising, generally speaking, ramps up your paying attention to problems, right? It takes the problem and amplifies it gets you more nervous about it. And it's no wonder why people are walking around feeling like they're not enough. But that's another story. Leaning into technology gives you an advantage. If you ask yourself the question, what would I do if I didn't have to work? And what would I do professionally if I chose to volunteer? The answer to those questions will yield some interesting answers. And I've been doing that since my 40s. And I will tell you that my responses haven't really changed much. They might shift slightly like a pivot, which is what we're talking about today, but they haven't really changed. You know why? Because it's coming from the heart. And without getting into it, the heart has a mind just like 
the brain has a mind in a sense. And look at the book, The Heart Math Solution. It talks about that. It takes, takes a while to get your head wrapped around what it's talking about. But once you get it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so the purpose comes out of your heart. And the answer to those questions has to do more with your purpose and your meaning. So by leaning into that, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do if you didn't have to work for money? What would you do if you chose to volunteer rather than pursue some kind of a, an income? And what would you do with your time if you had more time? What would you do? The answers to those questions kind of point you into a direction that sort of straddles purpose and passion. And I would argue that you want to lean to purpose because some of this transformational work can be hard and being focused on purpose makes it possible to have the staying power so that you can make it to the other side of that river. I like to call it crossing the river because that's what it feels like. Once you have an idea of where you want to go and you accept that it's not going to change, we don't want to get into purpose anxiety. If you go out to my Facebook page, the seven fitness areas, which is a, a lot of the foundational work that's going to come through this podcast, but the seven fitness series, and it's the digit seven, seven fitness series on Facebook. There is a place where you can download a purpose tool. It'll actually walk you through answering some questions and help you figure out your purpose. And you can do it in one setting because we don't want you to get into purpose anxiety and, oh my gosh, I don't know what my purpose is. If, if you're directional, if you're within 10, 10, 20% on either side directionally, that's good enough because moving forward is better than getting it perfect. You know, they say God can't guide a parked car. And so you've got to start taking action. So get your purpose somewhat directional and adjust it. You can always change it. Nobody's going to you know, come back. The purpose police aren't out there. Once you have that, and then you decide to start moving forward. In my 40s, I saw something that said, if you do an assessment periodically, you will find that you are better equipped, better qualified to do something better than anybody else on the planet. Now, at that time, there was only six and a half billion people on the planet. Now there's eight billion people. That's a pretty tall order to say you can, you're more qualified. But if you think about it like this, your experience, your network, who you know, who knows you, what you've done, what you love, what you don't like to do, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, that combination makes you suited to do something better. I actually built a career on that principle. So in, 30 year, in a 30-year career, I literally had a different job, a different role every two years. And sometimes they were like major difference. Now, in the beginning, it was all very directional. But after about halfway through, after about the seventh iteration, so now 15 years in, they started changing. I've seen all sorts of things from compliance to management, compensation to policy and procedure, running sales schools. And it's because I looked and said, what am I better qualified to do than anybody else? And I started pursuing and preparing myself, which is what we're going to talk about with the pivot. So power to pivot. Now, I'm going to give you an example of energy because in a closed system, energy doesn't get destroyed and it doesn't create. Now, why does energy have to do with pivot? Well, because everything is energy. Your thought is energy, right? And now kinetic energy, which is basically stored energy potential, potential for force, kinetic energy quadruples at the doubling of speed. What does that have to do with anything? Well, in photography, photographers will tell you that light falls off at the, at the square of the distance. So as you move the light away, it falls off the square. Why? Because light is energy. You start thinking about it. So where else does this apply? Now, if you ever look at one of those videos that shows a vehicle smashing into the wall at 30, and then you look at it smashing into the wall at 90, 
you've tripled the speed from 30 to 90, but the amount of kinetic energy goes up by nine times. And you can see that in the aftermath of the collision in that it just destroys the vehicle because the kinetic energy was so much higher. So what does it have to do with anything? Well, if you ride a bicycle, imagine riding a bicycle, let's say you're doing 20 miles per hour on the bicycle. You could easily pivot that bicycle five or 10 degrees without losing any momentum at all. And so what we're talking about with a pivot is pivoting in a way that you can conserve energy. If you can pivot and keep it narrow enough, slow enough in the degrees, it's a micro pivot or a micro shift, and you're able to conserve energy. In fact, if you think about racing cars or racing motorcycles, boats or whatever, it's actually the art of managing those directional changes so you can maintain as much momentum as possible, as much of that energy as possible, so it could be used to accelerate down the following straightaway. Again, what does it have to do with the pivot? Well, I'm going to look at it like this. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if you put your attention on something, the energy will follow that. The second one, using the racing analogy a little bit further, one of the things we do on a motorcycle, you're moving your center mass before the turn. In an automobile, especially if you're transitioning through turns, you're loading up the suspension so that you can transform that energy into the new direction. If you're, if you're coming off of a straightaway, you're using the loading of the front tires with the braking to make the initial turn in. So all of these things we're priming, we're doing something in advance. So if you think about it like that, from a business standpoint, you can prime the market for where you're going to pivot next. And then the final point is we use physics. On a car, there's different ways of turning the, the steering wheel. In a motorcycle, there's different ways of using your body to get the motorcycle to turn faster so you can get the most amount of turn at, at a given speed. So this may seem like it doesn't make sense, but what I'm making the point is all energy. And the same way that cars on the racetrack use the physics to maximize their pivot potential, we can do the same thing in life and in business. So in business, I would say that, yeah, you put your attention where you want to go. You start doing some proofs of concept. You know, that's kind of like moving the center mass. You think about, am I selling new services to existing customers or am I going to sell existing services to new customers? So you start to move your center mass in a way and because you've seen some changes in the marketplace. And then the third point is the balance sheet. So when I talk about physics, I'm looking at the balance sheet as sort of like physics. It's like is you have that's energy stored up. And if you have a nice, healthy balance sheet, it's a lot easier to make a pivot than it is when the, the balance sheet is depleted. When the pandemic was hit, I had gone through a few years of uh, poor profitability. My balance sheet was weak. So I, it was like the worst of the, the only way it could have been worse, worse is if I had not already been in the midst of a pivot when the pandemic hit, because then it would have been even more of a disaster. But the point is you learn there that it's nice to pivot when you have a healthier balance sheet. Same thing when you understand pivoting and you understand that there's a way to do it. And then if you wait too long, it's no longer five degree, five or 10 degree shift. It's now too much of a turn. So, you know, in racing, there's like tight lines where they start like creeping in. And then there's the wide line where you go deep, 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 and then you turn harder. And there's a sweet spot in between there, because if you go too deep and you make the turn, you've scrubbed off too much speed. If you make the line too tight, you have to do too much turning at one time. And you scrub off too much speed, finding that sweet spot. And it's the same way with pivoting in life and in business. So the point of bringing this up is to say this. Yes. Maybe it's a little bit scary looking at 
starting over again or whatever it is that you're going to do past 50, past 60, past 70. But if you think about it in the context of you have the power to pivot, and if you're paying attention the right way, and we're going to talk about how to do that by leveraging the powerful present moment, you'll see some indicators that it's time to pivot. Malcolm Gladwell in the book Blink talked about that. And, and you know, that was, I read that book, I think, 15 years ago. And now from the, some of the stuff I've been studying with the neuroplasticity and, and the powerful present moment and the unconscious, you understand why the precepts from the book work. Understanding that gives you the leg up. The point is lean into this idea of active life, lean into this idea of transformational work, and you'll be able to meet these pivot opportunities with zest and some energy. Next time, we'll actually talk about life expansion and set the stage for what transformational work looks like. Until the next time, 